Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank Agency. Uh, this is going to be a dope one. I'm so excited. I am joined by self coined, I don't care, Mr. Technical SEO himself, Patrick Stocks. Patrick is, well, so he's, what hat doesn't Patrick wear? He's the product advisor, technical SEO, and brand ambassador at Hrefs. That's like, the main job, but he's also organizing, you know, Raleigh SEO meetup. He's doing the beer and SEO meetup, which is on hiatus because, you know, the whole pandemic thing, Uh, the Raleigh SEO conference. He also runs a technical SEO Slack group, which I hit him up at a couple of times. And he's the moderator at Tech SEO on Reddit. He does conferences. He's all, he blogs for the industry. I mean, he does everything. Thanks for joining me today, Patrick. Oh man, I'm excited to be here. This is gonna be a lot of fun, I think. Dude, and you look sharp. You, I mean, you were Mr. Locks and Load, and 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 then you cut all that off. You cut off your hair. It, it looks good. What what was what 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 like got you to cut it? Ah, <laughs> uh, I just let it grow during COVID, and uh, it just got to the point where it's my hair is so curly, it just goes everywhere, and like just when eating, I'm like I'm suddenly chewing hair. It's not not great. And then yes. house projects, sweating, it's its literally like all over everywhere. You try to put it off, it's just down and suddenly attached places and you're like, I can't see anything. It's just, no, it, it just got to the point it was annoying. So I chopped it off. It's its an identity thing too, man. Like I, I, I can understand, like I'm, I'm very hesitant. I, at the very least, I'll trim the beard when, when the mustache like come, comes over my face, but uh, looking good. And so I, let's, let's just dive in. You have, you've, done everything in SEO. How'd you, how'd you get into SEO in the first place? Oh man. Uh, it was a while back when I was a dev, uh, I was working in house, uh, for like a midsize, like 50 million a year company at the time, uh, engineering space actually, very boring, uh, boring niche, but like interesting company did cool projects and, um, like their marketing director left. They're like, can you figure out this SEO thing? And it was, it was more than SEO actually. Like I was, I was ready, like the sales team doing lead scoring, traditional advertising and magazines, uh, going out to like conferences and stuff, trade, trade shows. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty big transition, but then I found that I really liked SEO. It was, it was cool. What what did you like about it? Because it's it, to to some extent, there's value in understanding all the other elements of marketing that contribute. Like before this, you and I were briefly just talking about how content is a big part of SEO. What what like what got you excited about it? Uh, it was just kind of a game. Like figure it out. You rank better. You make more money. I was like, this is this is great. I like this. And I was <laughs> I was kind of a bad developer anyway, so. It's a good transition for me, I think. What do you What do you mean you're a bad developer? It was. It, <laughs> did you Did you not like it, or would you just put together code and just be like, like it would just wouldn't work the way you needed to? It would work eventually. Um, <laughs> no, I just didn't. I think I was a very slow developer. It's probably the better way of putting it. And uh, you know, if it wasn't a project I was excited about, I was kind of miserable doing it, just sitting there typing away all day. So. I, I feel you on that. And I mean, speaking of projects, before we dive more into the other questions that I've got for you, because I want to talk all about prioritizing tech SEO. One other thing that you that you mentioned, you're telling me that I want to touch on is um, over the pandemic, you learned how to uh, perfect cooking a steak. Um, 
I, I just, I didn't want to forget about it because I love cooking steak and I sometimes suck at it. So like, what, what's your go-to, what's your, what's your process being the process guy? Oh, it is pretty in-depth, unfortunately, at this point. But I, I will say you can make a great steak with just like salt and a thermometer. Um, but I was trying to figure out like how could I really, really up my steak game because I missed like having a nice steak. So I was like, I need to figure out how to make one. Um, so cuts, ribeye, or I actually really like Denver steak, which is like a more beefy but still kind of marbled and, and tender, not as tender as like a ribeye or anything. Um, but it's basically like make a, some kind of compound butter, which I change up all the time, like butter, salt, uh, usually like a roasted garlic or black garlic, um, parsley, thyme, whatever, whatever things I've used cilantro before. Uh, you can even kick in some alcohol, like red wine goes really well with steaks. So does beer or bourbon. Um, I actually inject that into the steak. Oh, that's every, dope. Yeah, it gets right into the, the meat. Uh, then cook it sous vide. So like the French water cooking method, you get the perfect temperature every time. Um, kind of ice bath that, dry it out. Uh, you know, see, well, I skipped seasoning, but obviously there's, there's salt, <laughs> it's, it's there's complex. pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Do you grill uh, or do you skillet? I skillet. Cast iron skillet, yeah. Usually with uh, avocado oil or beef tallow, like something with a little higher smoke point than like an avocado oil or butter because you don't get so many like off flavors. <laughs> and then um, like finishing salt too on top. Like usually it's kosher salt. Uh I have another salt that's like a metallic salt. Those are the ones I'm using during the process. And then I finished with like a finishing salt, like a mountains or Florida cell. And then on top of the black pepper that's already there and like cooked, I add some white pepper because it's like a little, um, little more neutral flavor. It's not, not as intense as black pepper. It just melds really well. Feels classy. Okay. So after this, we're going to start up a, a steak cooking uh, podcast now. Sound good? <laughs> yeah. Man, I can talk about steak all day. Yeah. More, more compound butter on top. Oh, okay. So, so there you go. So for anyone who's, who's listening on the replay of this, uh, hit up Patrick for more, more, more steak tips. But what I want to talk to you about a little bit is, so first off, you were actually um, recently the HTTP archive uh, put out the web almanac, uh, which covers a whole range of different topics in terms of the internet. <laughs> and one of the big topics uh, every year was SEO. Actually, our own uh, Mike King worked on it last year. You were the lead on the SEO chapter this year. What? How did that happen? What was your approach? Because it, it's, it's a dynamic chapter. It, it came out really nicely. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think a lot of the foundation was already there from the work that like Mike, Aleda, uh, Jamie did last year. Um, so yeah, they had already done so much that like we just had to add to a lot of the things that they did. We tried to like brainstorm new ideas, uh, figure out if it's even feasible in the data because the data set is, um, well, it's, it's mostly homepages and, and for, what was it, like eight, eight and a half or so million sites. Uh, but that meant like we couldn't do, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, deeper pages, a lot of things that you might see um 
how can I say that? It might be a little bit biased because things you see on the homepage are kind of going to be different than things you see on other pages. So we just had to figure out like what our limitations were, what data we could get, uh, look through all that. Uh, then it was basically querying the data, which thank God, JR Oaks, Ruth Everett, they really stepped up. They, they did all the hard work in this, I would say, uh, in the process. And then, you know, we had a few people that were writers. So we kind of like split it up, vetted everything, checked it. There's some like reviewers that go and check everything too. It's a lot of people involved, which is great. Yeah, and, and, and it's a valuable chapter because not only can it like, if you're, it can inform decision-making with kind of like current standards in the web, but it can also help you like with benchmarking and kind of see where you're at. How, how would you recommend people use that chapter like in our industry? I like the fact that we now have trends for a few years. So you can kind of see how like technologies are involving what people are starting to use more um, and just kind of how the web is changing, which is really cool. Was there anything that surprised you when you when you did get the data in front of you? <laughs> uh, there were a lot of surprises, I think. I, I did a whole uh, Twitter thread on this, actually, of the parts that I thought were interesting. And I can't recall a single one of them off the top of my head right now. That's okay. I mean, that's it. So check it out. That's one other thing that Patrick does is uh, he puts the uncommon SEO knowledge on Twitter. So check out his Twitter just generally, whether it's threads like um, he mentioned about the surprising you know, updates in the chapter or just generally like what you come up with. I do want to kind of dive into this idea. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I just remember one. We saw actually more H2s than H1s on homepages, which no idea why, to be honest. That's interesting. I wonder, like, because you, you got to wonder to what extent that's like CMS's themes, like informing that decision for people, you know, like, they're, like is that just a, a default of WordPress that people are more likely to use the H2 and not do anything else or, or like the most popular theme? It'd be interesting to dive into that. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what we speculated, I think, was that you know, it's not going to be people that are doing this. It's going to be some systems. It's going to be some templates. Uh, a lot of the issues that you see that are more common are just going to be that in general, because not every site owner is going to make that decision. You know, it's it's going to be somewhere at a different level than than what is typically controlled. It's, it's funny because it's like when you work in the SEO industry, you all like it is still niche and you still think about like, the amount of websites out there where people aren't even taking any of this stuff into consideration. Um, but I'm, I'm curious for the people who are working on, on SEO, um, you've worked on a range of different projects, like for a variety of different sites from a tech SEO standpoint, um, when you do tackle a new website, what, what like technical issues are you trying to surface first? How do you approach your audits? If I suspect uh, something is very wrong, that's what I'll look at first. But it's it's whatever I kind of think might be having the biggest impact. And uh, in a lot of cases, like if someone's already come to me, it's because they have some issue. Like, hey, my href lang tags are broke and like the wrong pages are showing in search results and people can't buy our thing or the contact forms go to another location and they don't pass over the leads and we're bleeding hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, a week, whatever. Um, so 
in in that case, I'm probably already know what I'm doing. But in, in general, it's going to be things like indexing. You know, I've got all these pages; they're not being indexed. Why is that? Well, they don't even have a chance at ranking if that's the case. Or canonicalization again, like maybe wrong page showing, internationalization. Um, it's, it's a lot of different things. Or if if it's like a fresh thing, I'm looking things I look for because almost every site has a bunch of old pages they just deleted and no one likes doing redirects so they just don't do it uh so they might have literally millions of links going to 404 pages that you know a few hours writing some redirects will just fix um, it's it's interesting to think about too because it's like you like you're coming from the perspective of like there is an it, there's a the reason that you're doing it in the first place is there's a problem, right? Like there's some a panic, whether it's from, you know, someone in the C-suite or another, you know, a marketer who's not a specialty in SEO. And so like when you when you go at it, like it, the, fir the first like kind of approach is always like address what the client's concern is or are you trying to surface other things and maybe they don't even know what the issue is, you know? Well, I think if you're working for a client or stakeholder, your first thing to do is address them. Like you're, it's kind of what they hired you for. And like they, a lot of times will already even know the problem. They just need someone else to tell like the C-suite or execs, uh, this is the problem that, you know, we've been saying, can you confirm this? But then it always helps to go above and beyond, you know, the, the lost links, internal linking is whether that's technical or not these days is debatable, but it used to be because the process to find them was involved crawling, scraping, et cetera. Uh, now there's tools to help with that. I built one of those, which is cool. <laughs> um, schema, like there's so many opportunities I think that people don't necessarily take advantage of that can help them. Anything that like gets you something that's a quick win, that helps like build trust. Uh, those are typically what I'm going to start with. Yeah. And that makes sense. And then on the other side of things, like there are situations obviously where an org has just brought in an SEO where there isn't a necessarily like, you know, fires burning everywhere and they're just coming in to do their job. Their responsibility now is the website. Is that, is that like a different approach? Is that a more measured, like holistic look at things or, or is it a oh, yeah. similar? Yeah. I've had people come to me a ton with like, oh, I've got a penalty. I'm like, you're you're barking up the wrong tree. You don't need technical. Like, more than likely is something in your content, the way you're going about things. Technical is the wrong place to look for that. Or, you know, you do a quick audit and you're like, I see nothing really like wrong. You know, you might see some little stuff that I don't personally care about, like multiple H1 tags or something. And I'm like, you're fine. Everything technical looks good. You don't need to hire me. Like go, go work on your content basically. Right. Cause it, it's, I mean, it's, you hear all these best practices out there, but ultimately it's, it's what the data says, right? Like it's, it's whether or not rankings are growing, the traffic is growing. How, how do you, so like you, you've done your audit and you've kind of identified some issues. How do you wrote like approach road mapping? getting some of these low hanging fruit that might, you know, move the needle a little bit versus like a bigger problem, whether it's like site architecture or something like fundamental that, that needs to be completely start from scratch. Usually um, I learned this visual like years and years and years ago, and I've used it ever since because clients love visuals. It's easy to understand. Uh, it's called an impact effort matrix. 
And basically you have like four boxes. So you've got, you know, impact versus effort. So if it's, you know, high uh, impact, low effort, that's the stuff I'm going to prioritize, which is probably things like the redirects or uh, could be, you know, some indexation issues or whatever like problem we can probably fix for them that's going to be not too bad, but like have the most uh, impact on their site. And then other quadrants are going to be like, well, this is more effort, but like high impact, like creating content, you just always got to do that. And other stuff is going to just fall into the basically like this goes in the backlog or this just never gets done. And that makes us, do you, so do you seed the like higher effort, high impact type of projects while you're doing the low impact ones? Like, do you, do you just kind of knock out a few of like real, like high impact, low effort ones and then dive into like the longer projects or do you just get some project, like get it going, write the brief or whatever needs to be done and have that going and then come back to the, the high impact, low effort. Uh, probably depends on the client, how much time I have, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think there's a right answer to that other than definitely high impact, uh, low effort first, simply because you get wins. It's a lot easier to work with people. Some of the other stuff too, like I'm just never going to waste people's time with like, I, even if it goes in the backlog in a, a lot of cases, it's just way in the backlog or like there's a whole quadrant where it's basically never do this stuff. It is just not worth anyone's time ever. Well, like, so you mentioned the H1s. What are some of the other ones that, that you've seen like frequently that SEOs want to work on? You're like, that's, that's not going to do anything. Oh, I see all kinds of stuff. Like, let me create a sitemap based on a crawl of the website or something. Like, why? If you can crawl the website and find those pages, your sitemap is useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um, unless your sitemap is automated or unless you know the pages that aren't uh, aren't being found, not really a point in creating one of those. Or like I've seen people create some really elaborate robots.txt because they were like missing a robots.txt. I'm like, you miss the robots.txt, your site's crawlable. You're fine. In, in yes. most cases. Now there, there might be some legit reasons to do that, but just to have one that's like allowed to create this, it's a waste of everyone's time, really. Right, and, um, and that's a different issue too, right? Because it's like when you're a technical SEO as a detective, a lot of times, like if you, to your point, if the client has an issue, sometimes it's figuring out what's that specific issue is to solve it yeah exactly uh there's so many of these honestly that waste people's time duplicate content i think in people's early career they obsess over it like oh my god i use this boilerplate text no one cares doesn't matter make your pages useful <laughs> um <laughs> No, I, I, I feel you with that and then so where where would you say that some like like tech seos actually go wrong with prioritization is, is it kind of what you're saying is just like focusing on that wrong quadrant yeah uh you know i think in the last year probably the biggest one has been core web vitals which you know i write about i speak about and i tell people you know what you can do all this but it's probably not going to have an impact for search if if you're going to do it like my arguments are not for seo like this is about data this is about your analytics faster site, you're probably going to record more visitors, better data. That's how I would argue it personally. Better rankings? Nope. So I mean, to that point, and, and I actually haven't heard this talked about 
too much. Is the idea of Core Web Vitals, should it not be in the SEO's purview? Like, should it be just a developer and a CRO? <laughs> There's a lot of overlap between technical SEO and developer in general. Uh, in in 99.9% .9 of cases, it would definitely not be a tech SEO implementing Core Web Vitals but maybe helping the developers understand, like bridging that gap, that's where something like that is valuable. I mean, honestly, a lot of this stuff now, like how many people are gonna let me touch the code on a website? It's pretty rare these, I used to do it a lot. <laughs> uh, and, and I still do like if I'm helping someone or whatever, but like they trust me to do that and, and we make backups and stuff just in case. Uh, <laughs> But in general, like working with the uh, you know clients, stakeholders in house, you're gonna have a team of developers. It's not you doing this stuff. Um, so it's it's important to like work with them, get it in whatever system they're working with, be on their standups and their Slack channels. Like however you can kind of go about getting this stuff implemented. But you're not necessarily the one doing it. Which going back to my uh, what I mentioned, the impact effort matrix. Like I'll take a stab at it, but I will always run that by a dev team. And be like, you tell me the actual like effort that's involved in this because I'm I'm estimating. But if you think it's going to be more complex, you know the system's better. If you think this is going to take longer, it's got blockers that have to be solved. Like they should be the one that set the the uh, effort level. Really, I I completely agree with you. I'm I'm just wondering to what extent it's like an SEO should even be like championing that project if it's not gonna like really impact your rankings and potentially your traffic outside of like, you know, whether you're the final click when someone comes to you from organic. Yep, um, I completely <laughs> agree with that. I think Google kind of pushed it on SEOs to get to devs better, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, cause the other thing is I remember back when they had, you know, Google was pushing to have everybody switch from like security, like the HTTP to HTTPS. And that was like more threatening, if you will, in terms of like, it wouldn't impact rankings, but at, at least Google Chrome would have like the little um, like lock on your, your URL versus not. Is it, do you think they're, they're one in the same types of issues or do you think that's like basically the same situation? Well, that's, that's part of the page experience. Same thing Core Web Vitals is under now. Uh, I think that in, in many cases, Google has used SEOs and kind of unintentionally maybe panicked the community. It's, it's people latch on whatever the newest thing is, whatever uh, is coming out. They're like, I need to do that. That's the one thing that's going to make a difference. And usually it's not. You should go focus on your content. <laughs> that's what's usually going to make a difference. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. So, so for instance, like in there, you know, right now, the, the only thing that seems like right on the horizon outside of like what just happened with the uh, product reviews update is like the desktop page experience rollout that's happening in February. And so you just mm -hmm. would kind of, you just think it's going to be a blip of, of not even worth worrying about. So I will caveat this and say that <laughs> I have seen impact from site speed in the past, but only if you're really, really, I'm talking like 15 second load slow. Um, if you're that slow, then yes, you probably will see uh, a very positive impact. But if you're like, oh, I'm at four seconds and the threshold is three seconds, you're probably not going to see anything from it. Uh, I think the desktop is definitely going to be 
more of a blip than anything. Um, I think the mobile version even was pretty much a blip last year. I tried to look at uh, we we pulled a bunch of data from uh, uh, from our site auditor and tried to look at it and and all, but with core updates going on and during the same time frame and everything, like there's there's no way to I would say accurately. Um, measure that data i think there were a couple studies done that said like yes it gives a boost but i'm like well that's like saying you know a site that works on seo is going to rank better because the site that works on core with vitals probably is doing other things right too yeah it makes and and it comes back it ultimately with all of these tech seo issues to your point it comes back to content right like it just comes back to to the no yeah like tech SEO is still ultimately going to be a, a needle mover. Again, it, <laughs> I think it's the most important thing until it isn't, um, which usually is followed by content. But when I say it's the most important thing, like if you're not indexed, your content doesn't rank. Period. If there's sure. some kind of issue with that, or or uh, you know, I have done so much with internationalization, and I have seen where you know, wrong pages show literally can cost millions of dollars a day for like an e-commerce store. That's bad. Yeah. Um, so that, that in that case, like, yes, prioritize 100% those type of issues. But then once you get to a certain point, you're like, well, now you should be working more on content. Yeah. You've been, you've been a little obsessed with HRF Lang recently, haven't you? Like that's been something that's kind of on your, your radar. I, I've done so much work with hreflang in general, um, including like seeing all the times where I'm like, well, that's wrong, but like, why does it work? So like, I did a whole presentation at PubCon one year where I'm like, here's all the things you can do wrong and Google still treats it right. Why, the, why is that? They're trying to fix things for people. If it's like, like a common mistake, they just try and fix it. It's the same with like, topics like canonicalization you have all these signals and they're just gonna have to like try and figure it out because if you send them a bunch of conflicting stuff they're like what the hell what do we do with this <laughs> so they're trying to clean their own index too or you know with the the title tag update last year they're trying to write better titles for you know sites that may not have even included a title so they do a lot of things and it, it makes perfect sense uh i think to try and like clean up that data. We even do a bunch of that at like Ahrefs. Like we we do a lot of canonicalization and stuff because otherwise like the index would be bloated. Like um, I've got this page that is technically the same page, but accessible a million different ways. Well, that would show up as a million links in our database if we didn't do that when really it should count as one. Yeah. Yeah, especially like in e-commerce when you have like all sorts of like dynamic URLs coming up and that can get really tricky. So are you saying like if you have hreflang implemented improperly and Google doesn't necessarily care, is that something you still want to get that fixed for when like if they ever do decide to clean up their own act? In the backlog, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe further down in the backlog even because if it works right usually if it works right now i'm like well we have better things to do if it breaks we could address it then or you know if someone gets time we can address it uh but more than likely like devs time is hard i i can't make an argument in good in good conscience to say like you need to fix this spend man hours doing this and it's going to have no impact 
Now I can make that argument to say like we're future proofing and this could break eventually. So we should do it at some point, but if you got other priorities, uh, if it's not broke, like it's kind of hard to say, like, go fix that. that. I mean, that's interesting to me though. Cause it's like, at what point and this, this brings a full circle is at what point do you prioritize future proofing? Do you ever, <laughs> it sounds like you don't ever, cause it's never, I, I, I do. I usually have um, kind of a separate, I, I bundle it basically into uh, like website health and maintenance. Okay. And hopefully at least like once a year, someone will come in and like spend some hours like taking care of these tasks. But it, it's really hard to argue things like um, broken links. I fix those. What happens? Hmm? Nothing really. Or redirect chains. Oh my God, it's 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 redirecting like three times. Doesn't really matter. Google follows it. They follow up to 10 hops. So until it gets above 10, that's not a real issue. Uh, and so stuff like that, I want it fixed eventually, but you know, hopefully again, a few hours, a few days, maybe once a year from someone to kind of go in and clean things up. Cause at least things like broken links, I can argue from a user experience, that's a bad user experience. Um, redirect chains, not even really, because like, what does it take to fire redirect in most systems is like 0.02 to like 0.05 seconds per hop. Like no one's going to notice that at all. True. So, I mean, but wouldn't, wouldn't, would Google, I mean, cause I guess Google always is thinking about things like for core web vitals. It's just the interesting thing of how they can always switch it. Cause you know, from them, they're trying to save money by making the web faster and more efficient. Uh, that's debatable the way that they download things (laughs) uh they they cache so heavily in their crawling and their rendering that i don't know that it would really impact them much it's kind of the same thing when when they went from um they are doing like uh crawling over http2 now but like they went for years and didn't use it because it didn't really impact their systems it didn't really gain them anything i would say um so i think they're doing it because it it will make for a better user experience which is another way to argue that you know probably a ux person should be the one arguing core web vitals more than uh seos but at least tech seos have a typical understanding of how sites work and can have that relationship with the devs whereas the ux well the ux should have a relationship with the devs but maybe not know how to communicate like what's needed it's it's a really interesting thing and i'm i'm almost surprised it doesn't come up more at the point where like i think at first people were were scared of the idea that core web vitals were going to have this impact on rankings and if it did then then obviously seos would prioritize that but now it's like you feel like we're we're far enough out that it's like not moving the needle, and so until it does, it is. I think we knew it's a UX issue. I, I mean, even even coming when it was coming, like they're like you know tiebreaker at best, blah blah blah. Uh, the Google reps, I think, were very clear, and yet every SEO, not every SEO, but lots of SEOs were like, "This is the most important thing. If I just fix my core web vitals, I'm going to rank." Because it's it's the shiny object. It's the newest thing. 
and whatever is the newest thing always gets a lot more focused than it should. Before we go, what, what's the next newest thing that you predict? The next newest thing? Uh, I, hmm. <laughs> I, I guess the, the one that's immediate we already talked about is the desktop for page <laughs> experience. So it's, it's just that all over again, probably for a few months until something else comes out. Dude, Patrick, you're 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 awesome. It's it's so fun to talk to you. We'll have to we'll have to do our steak uh, podcast after this. We'll get that going and and talk more steak. But uh, if obviously we chatted about it, but like if someone wants to find you online, uh, what's what's the best way to reach out and get in touch? Uh, probably just Twitter, honestly. Don't yeah, email what's, what's, me. I got like a hundred thousand unread emails. <laughs> that's it. Or, or find that the the Slack channel. I think that's an invite. Is that uh you need to get approved for your tech SEO Slack channel? Is that still running at this point? Yeah. Um. Everyone actually in the entire Slack group has invite privileges. So, um, if you ask around, you'll probably find someone or reach out to me. I I can add you. There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, obviously, we'll keep our eyes peeled for the next shiny thing to worry and not worry about. And uh, hopefully everyone understands from this. It's like if it's not broke on your on your website in terms of tech SEO, you don't necessarily need to prioritize it. Focus on on what needs your attention. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. This was great. This is great. This is Garrett Sussman of IPOL Rank for the Rankable Podcast. Uh, check this out and, uh, you know, visit the IPOL Rank site. Find uh, Patrick at Hrefs. Hit him up on Twitter. We'll see you later. Signing out. Bye, everyone.